The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to the 750. I am your ORG Ochoa. He is your 75 two time Super Bowl champion, college football Hall of Famer, the one and only Tony Casillas. It's Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. After somebody was uh, spending last week off vacationing, we are back. TC, what up? I'm doing good. I, uh, you ever heard the old saying that you need a vacation from the vacation? Oh yeah, I've been there. Is that how you're yeah, feeling right now? Yeah. Well, I'm I'm back. Uh, I'm, I have. Some, I'm. I guess I'm back to normal. I, I got back last week, and as you alluded to, went to Mexico to celebrate my twins' 21st birthday. And, and only you can imagine what 21 year olds like to do and have a great time. And uh, it was it was a great time. But when I got back, I'm like, okay, I don't have the curse of Montezuma, which is good because the last time I went to Mexico, I had that. I know TMI, too much information. Um, but after that, I was like, okay, I just had to rest up a little bit. But I, I'm back to normal now. And I'm, 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 thanks for asking me about that. Yeah, I actually, uh, when I was seeing all the photos you were sharing on social media, I had a thought, um, you know, okay. I, I don't want to say it made me feel old, but just made me feel a certain type of way. Uh, wait, a start- second, wait a second, wait a second. Made you feel old. I mean, I turned 21 10 years ago. So, I mean, you know, it puts a little bit in perspective. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, but the thought I had was we started this show three years ago in 2018. And so That's the crazy. thought was like, man, I remember back when we were doing this show, Tony was talking about them getting ready to go off to college and everything. <laughs> and, and now, you know what I mean? Like now they're turning 21. Like before, you know, we're going to blink. It's going to be graduation time. They're going to be out in corporate America, getting their own jobs, and they're going to be taking you on vacations with their own money. I mean, off so, the payroll. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And, and that, and, and look, there's, that's all good. And, and back to you, the whole the notion of us starting a show, it's hard to believe it's been three years. I'm just glad that we're able to continue doing this and having so much fun doing it. But yeah, that kind of puts it in perspective. I, I have not thought about that, but just this thing about when kids are 21, Three, four, five-year increments is a is a lot of difference, a big change in those years. Totally. Um, well, we are going to get into some Cowboys players that we think need to have a big 2021 uh, shortly. But before we do, uh, something else I saw you post about, Tony, it was a jersey that you were pretty pumped to get on Monday. Yeah, I, I was very fortunate. I'm, I have a, an opportunity and very fortunate uh, to get invited to play in a lot of golf tournaments, charity golf tournaments. And Jeremiah Finley, 
people remember him, the tight end for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, uh, had a his charity golf tournament, uh, which supports his uh, his organization, Elevate You. And I, the thing about it, though, RJ, is it, it's always nice to be able to play with great guys, right? I mean, you're going to spend five hours. I'm, I'm sure you played in a, a golf tournament, charity golf tournament. It's, it's, it's not a short thing, okay? you got to be out there and spend some time. And, uh, and, and, oh, by the way, the weather was nice yesterday. It was actually a cold front moved in, so it wasn't ungodly hot. So to make a long story short, you know, they always have auction, silent auction items and so forth. And so I, I see this. I see all this, you know, Jermichael, he, he went to, Jermichael went to the University of Texas. So I see all these orange shirts. I'm like, eh, you know, considering my allegiance, so you may know, have just pass on those. But then I saw the arguably the greatest cowboy of all time, Roger Staubach, his jersey. And, you know, you go up and he has all these, these bids. And I saw there was one bid on there and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to bid a little higher. Yeah. Raise I, the I price, bid. get more money yeah. for charity. Sure. Right. So it's all about raising money, as you mentioned. And um, I put, you know, my price on there and I left because where I, well, the tournament was, it's, it's a long drive from where I, from my, my house. And so I didn't even think about it because my bid was pretty, was pretty moderate considering whose jersey it is, you know, sure. Roger Starbucks. I'm like, you know, there's no, uh, no chance, mm-hmm. no chance. I'm going to, you know, and so I left. And uh, the guy that I play golf with, which is a great dude, Jared, he sent me a text message. Oh, by the way, I, I picked up your jersey. I'm like, what? And I was like just psyched up because, I, I, again, what I bought it for, I mean, it wasn't cheap, but, you know, I thought it would go for a lot more. And so I got my Roger Staubach jersey autograph in a silent auction. And I was just, man, I was just like, wow, that's pretty cool. So. I've always wanted to, to collect. Uh, I got I got Troy's. Uh, I got uh, Rogers now, thanks mm-hmm. to Jared, who picked it up and was so grateful for buying it for me. I'm like, dude, I I must have been um must have been on point that day it's, it's, it's with my best my bullshit stories and everything else. Ago, oh sorry, did I say that? Um, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> that's why they it make an explicit. More. That's why they make an yeah. explicit tag. You're fine. Yeah, and so so they. So it kind of adds to the story, and I'm like, no, you, there's no way you're both BSing me. So he he, he ended up uh, he buying me the shirt, very successful businessman, and he's going to mail it to me, and I'm going to have the great Roger Staubach's autographed jersey. So maybe next time we do our show, uh, behind me I have my jersey, but hopefully by the if I can get it in time, have it framed, it'll be behind uh, behind me and my behind my desk and. And maybe you could see it next time. So have see, uh, have Roger Staubach envy. That is the coolest thing ever. And I think like what makes it cool is that, you know, you have your own jersey, but like you're super psyched to get Roger Staubach's jersey. It just it puts in perspective like how, you know, how incredible Roger Staubach is. Uh, you mentioned you have Troy's. Was that like a was that as cool of a story or did you just ask Troy to sign it? Like what what went down with with getting Troy's? You know, I, I just, uh, I think over time, I just, I, I really, uh, I think you just kind of take it for granted, all the stuff you have. And it's like, you, you've had it for years and years. And right. It's almost like where you put it, you put it up in the attic. And, you know, I was up in my attic yesterday and, um, uh, you know, Troy's jersey, I never, I haven't, I haven't framed it. So now this kind of gives me more yeah, uh, you gotta get busy. inspiration. Yeah. And so, uh, so that'll be, uh, one thing I'll, I'll, I will have framed, but I, I just think, 
I'm not the guy. I mean, a lot of guys, that's what they do. Mm-hmm. The, the generation of the, the modern day uh, player that you notice that they collect jerseys and they, they get them after the game and sign them and everything else. And so they, the thing about it, you better have a big ass house to be able to put them if you're going to put them in frames. Right. Right. I mean, if yeah. you're going to collect, if you're going to collect like 20 of them. Um, but, but now I think the, the Roger stop, kind of inspired me to do that more often and just do it now you know, rather than later to hang them and put them somewhere kind of special. That's awesome. Well, very cool story. Uh, Very excited to see the Roger Staubach jersey. Uh, Glad you walked away with it. Uh, Shout out to Terry. Which real real quick, I mean, what is arguably the the most loved greatest cowboy of all time? I think we all have this, but off the top of your mind, who do you think of? It's Roger. I mean, like, if if you're talking about the most beloved, most adored, you know, most revered, it's Roger. I think pretty much a slam dunk, right? Right. And then I think I, I certainly think I could speak for the fan, but who do you think is number two? Because I think the fan has an answer, like the average fan. Well, I think that people, the name is synonymous with kind of like Roger. I would have to say Bob Lilly. I I don't Mm -hmm. know much people. And and maybe that's for an older generation. They have the Bob Lilly. Uh, But I think for me, when I think of the second all time greatest uh, player, it would be the, Bob Lilly or, man, that's such a great question. And if I'll probably people will get mad, but I'm maybe I'm a little biased, but maybe Emmett or maybe Troy. I mean, when you look at the Mount Rushmore for players. It's Emmett. Um, it's Emmett it, because it, 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 people, yeah, hold, yeah. people people hold on to the record. Like, the, you know. Yeah, like you're right. Yeah. Every, all everybody. Time, all time. Yeah. yeah, like every one of y'all's teammates obviously is a part of the group and everybody loves those teams. But like Emmett has the record, which just kind of like endears him to a lot of other people great point Um, yeah everybody has like you have like your seasonal favorites right like Mm -hmm. Irvin can can be really funny sometimes and like there's moments where you're like man I love that you know what I mean like there's yeah so everybody has different uh different times but it's generally Roger Emmett I think is like you know people's like all-time favorite um but okay so Cowboys need to have a big season in 2021 if the team really wants to achieve what they ultimately want to achieve, which is to be a bunch of guys that 30, 40 years from now have people buying their autographed jerseys at charity golf tournaments. Um, <laughs> and so um, I have a list of five, Tony. I wrote about these at bloggingtheboys.com. Anybody who wants to check them out. Um, and I broke them down into three categories. Not that you necessarily did this, but my first category is called the obvious. Um, and I can give them to you. You can guess. How do you want to go about this? Do you want to give me one of yours? This is your deal. You pick. Uh, let's go obvious because I think we're probably I think most people are probably on the same same plane that you're you're thinking. So, so I I'll have, go with number one. You go go with number one. Uh, well, I had two under the obvious category, and okay. it's Dak Prescott, and this one might be a little bit surprising, but Amari Cooper. Um, and the reasons are obviously obvious. Uh, you know, this is a quarterbacks game, and and like that's just like one level to this. It, it's a quarterbacks game, quarterbacks league, so. Your quarterback has to have success if you are going to have success as a team. I know Dak Prescott was putting up some gaudy numbers last season, obviously, before he got hurt. I've said many times, I don't think that those were sustainable. A lot of people love to say like, oh, yeah, you know, Dak was going to throw for 6,000 yards. I did not necessarily think that was going to happen at the time. But, um, you know, ultimately, we obviously didn't get to see what what, what unfolded. Uh, but beyond the fact that it's a quarterback game, it's quarterback league, Dak Prescott got the contract. I mean, so now you've got to answer to that. 
And he is, and this is a good thing, but he is the unquestioned face of the team, right? Like I have loved hearing how every player who's coming back from some sort of injury has said that they've been inspired by Dak and his rehab process. Um, and so, I mean, he is the pulse of that locker room. And so the, the further he goes, the further he will carry them all. And then Amari was just kind of an extension of that for me, because we talk so much about how this wide receiver group is one of the best in the NFL and Amari's the best of that group. And so, Amari has to, I mean, and he, he generally does this. He has to go off. He has to justify being a top wide receiver in the national football league. And what's more is the Cowboys could, if they wanted to move on from Amari next off season and re-sign Michael Gallup. So there's a lot hanging in the balance. Yeah. I, I think that my number one, and I look at the, the, you know, the obvious, I think it's gotta be Zeke. I think he has to come back and, uh, I think last year, the expectations for him to carry the team, and I think in his own admission, I don't think that he was – it was his best year, obviously, when you look at his numbers. To me, I look like he – it looked to me like he was was a lot heavier, wasn't uh, moving as quick and as fast. And, again, you get a, a lot of that tread starts to, to wear off when you've been carrying the, the most of the, the load when it comes to running the football. And so I think he really needs to – and it looks like kind of reinvent himself, if that makes even any sense, because the guy has been tremendous. So I think that that's my obvious with Zeke. Uh, regardless of, you know, who's playing offensive line, I think their offensive line will be better because they're healthier. But I think Zeke, to me, is, is my number one guy, the most obvious that has to have a better year. So um, a bit of a spoiler for Blog of the Boys listeners. On Wednesdays, uh, we have an episode here on the, on the network called The NFC's Mixtape. Uh, where myself and Brandon Gotten from Bleeding Green Nation, we talk about the state of the NFC East. And we actually had to record uh, this week's episode early because BLG is out on vacation. And so that will come out tomorrow on Wednesday. But we talked about the most overrated players in the division. And we each suggested one offensive and one defensive player of every team. And the offensive player I suggested for the Cowboys was Zeke. Just because, mm-hmm. I mean, he is – he's overrated at this point. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not trying to like – you know, and so people are going to hear that. So I don't want people to think that like, I'm just like bagging on Zeke. I just don't think that his success, whatever success he might have moves the the team or is as pivotal to moving the team as Dak as Amari. I agree with you. It's certainly important, but I mean, if, if we, I've said this before, but if we ranked, you know, the, the starting 11 offensive players for the Cowboys, if we rank them in terms of their importance to the team's overall success, I don't know that Zeke is like in the top, nine i mean he's he's so dependent on everything else that it's hard to kind of put him up there for me well and then also you got to look at tony pollard too i think that i think zeke is again he's down more down on the incline now than or decline than he is um then i when you look at him his first couple of years in the league and whether that's fair or not i just think that the thing that goes along with the with the running back is that you paid him a lot of money and and I think the expectations, and I think people kind of have to get off that because I think that when you look at what the what the offense, what it means to have a really good running back, yeah, it, you have to have a really solid running back. But the first year, if, I think people just they they remember his first two years in the league. It's like, man, this dude is amazing. You know, the offensive line was intact. I mean, they were just blowing guys off the line, and Zeke was running hard and just very. And I think that as he gets into the league, 
I think you realize that, look, I don't – that style of getting hit and just running hard and taking the bulk of the the blows of the, you know, the, the tackling and everything else, it starts to starts to wear you down. So I think now – I think then that's the whole thing. But I, I think it's a valid point, but I still think that he has to be a big part of this offense because you got to remember, when you look at yards per carry, if a guy that's averaging almost five yards per carry, R.J., how symbolic is that to your offense? And Zeke wasn't getting that. And I think even and, right. and I'm not even really putting. I think Dak Dak will be will be will be good. And I think that it, it, yeah, it's going to be your quarterbacks will be great. But I'm not worried about Dak as much as I'm worried about Zeke and a couple other positions on the offensive side because I think Dak's going to be fine because all those guys that he has, the weaponry he has, I think he will be a really really. I think I just feel like this year, upcoming 2020, is going to be one of Dak Prescott's best years in the National Football League. Coming off of a, a, a would be for some people a career-ending injury. I think so. I mean, I'm I'm not trying to doubt Dak. I'm just saying I think that that is going to be necessary for the team. You know, if if Dak doesn't have a big year, I don't see the Cowboys having a big year, and that's that's kind of where I'm coming from with Zeke. Like, I could totally see the team oh without being a doubt successful. Yeah, yeah right. right. Like, I, yeah. I I can see the team being successful even if Zeke doesn't have like this career year. You mentioned five yards per carry. That's what made Zeke so special. Obviously, in 2016, five point one yards per attempt. But since then, from 2017 to now, four point one, four point seven, four point five. Last year, a career low four yards per carry, uh, which is respectable, certainly. But I mean, you know, he's he's being compared to himself and his rookie self, which is so difficult to um, kind of measure up to. Uh, but four yards per carry is, is nothing to be like the guy, you know, to be clear here. Last year in 15 games, carried the ball 244 times, 979 yards, six touchdowns. And again, four yards per carry. Like not, you know, the guy isn't trash. Like that's not what I'm saying. Or oh, no, saying. no, no, uh, no. But but. You know, and I guess to your point, like if you're looking at it through the lens of Zeke, if Zeke wants to be around for a long time, he really does have to have a big year because at this point, like if he has just another so-so year, he's no longer this. I mean, I, I don't think he is anymore, but he's no longer this special running back. He's just another runner. And at that point, you can go get another runner like a Tony Pollard or whatever the case may be. Um, but OK, who else do you have, Tony? Who else do you think needs to have a big season for the Cowboys this year? Um, you know, I, I look at, I look on the, the, when I stay on the, the offensive side of the ball, um, I, I, I think the most obvious is their center, Abidash. I mean, he is, you know, to me, I think that that was a position where you lose someone like Travis Frederick, uh, you know, future hall of famer, and all of a sudden you got to replace someone like that. And I think, I think he struggled last year. I mean, as a rookie in 2020, uh, those are the, the growing pains. Okay. And I think, but that's, it, there was times when he struggled with the, you know, penetration and then pass rush and kind of rightly so. And I think for me, for him, for this team, really offensively to have a lot of confidence, because I know the heart and soul of attacking an offense is in the interior part. And I think it do so much disruption. And I think that's a position that, again, that's a hard shoes to follow when you have someone like Travis Frederick, but I think this kid has showed a lot of promise. He got injured last year. Uh, but I think what he has done is showed me that he's got that Wisconsin blood in him, man. He's got that offensive bloodline blood in him. And I think if he really, for this offense, 
defense and and really be consistent, really do what they want to do, and especially your quarterback and being able to be the play caller. Uh, you know, Colin Blitz is a is an offensive lineman. I think that position right there is critical, and it's really you can't really go around that. I think a lot. You know, you could double down and you know you're running blitzes and getting upfield. You know, a lot of people are having success and getting you know you know different. You know, different levels of their defense and, and being able to create disruption. But I think that for him, he's going to have to really be – it's going to have to progress. And if he progresses, I think this offense will be more consistent with some of the things that they need to do that obviously they weren't able to do last year due to injuries and youth. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I just want to say, uh, nobody except Tony could see this, but I'm fighting an allergy attack in the middle of this show. I'm, I know. <laughs> I, I'm today's uh, MVP, if I'm being honest. My, my allergies have been ridiculous as of late, and uh, <clears throat> the uh, the mute button has been my friend uh, today. Can I say so, this? Have you ever have you ever like tried to hold your sneeze in so much oh. that you almost like blew out one of your vertebrae in your back? Dude, I, the worst thing to me, because I've been there, but the worst thing is when you like hold your sneeze when you can't sneeze for whatever reason, and then it's gone, right? Like and you, you feel like I still need to sneeze, but like the sneeze went away. Um, so that's a terrible feeling. Well, how uh, about the people that sneeze like this? Huh, huh, huh. They don't make a sound. Yeah. Uh, Are you my, a, anyway, my, my wife's well, a quiet time, sneezer. Let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Right. Uh, but no, so well, I expect I, that from a from a from a female from that right. gender. But I'm just saying, I, I'm just anyway. Uh, the game of sneezing, man, is is totally uh, it's 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 underrated. It really right. is. So if I sound uh, cloudy, it's because my <laughs> my whole face is is just under attack. But I agree, Tyler Biotish certainly. Um, you can make an argument that like he probably has to take the largest leap of anybody uh, just because like he was okay last year, but he really has to, if, if this team is going to sort of fire on all cylinders, he has to really become what the expectation of him was as a rookie, even though he was a fourth round pick, but a lot of people to your point did obviously draw the comparisons to Travis Frederick and whatnot. Um, it's interesting. We went about this exercise a little bit differently because I leaned on kind of like I'm like if we're talking about guys we need to have big seasons I'm 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 leaning on my studs because I need my studs to really go off this year if this season is going to be successful and so I mentioned I had categories the, the slightly less obvious was what I so brilliantly dubbed this category were Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins and Ty, Tyron is in a little bit of a different space yeah um because I, I don't expect Tyron to stay healthy for the whole season. And that's not being negative. That's just facing facts. He hasn't played a whole season since 2015. And that was, those were 16 game seasons. I mean, now we're adding a game. It's just, it's unlikely, but Tyron has kind of, I don't want to say earned the right, but he's, he's put in the time to where you understand that. I think Lyle Collins really has to kind of earn some favor back with Cowboys fans. P Cowboys fans are really pissed off at Lyle Collins last year for missing the whole season. And so, I mean, if, if anybody's got to come back with authority, it might be Lyle. And I mean, ultimately, 
these guys are needed because we've we've already mentioned outside of uh, Tyler Biotis, we've mentioned Dak Prescott, Amari Cooper, Ezekiel Elliott. If these guys are going to ultimately have the success that we're envisioning for them, I mean, the offensive line has to be stable. We know that this group is no longer among the very, very, very best in the National Football League. But if Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins can be serviceable for them, you know, serviceable in, in you know, as far as how good they are, then things are going to be okay. And like the interior will, I don't want to say take care of itself, but it's a lot easier to be Tyler Biotis when you have Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins outside. And, and you know, the pressure isn't coming as, as hot as it, it was at different times last season. And so, um, but I think they're all, they all have to have big seasons. I think Tyler Biotis is a great inclusion. I think we have to, we have to look at that as that's more of a health factor because, you know, Lyle Collins signed the contract before last year's season, I believe it was. And it was just a screwy season when it came to the health. And so I think I'm not worried about those two guys. If they're healthy, they're going to ball. Okay. And that's all, that's the concern with what that I would have for those two guys. And I don't know, I, I don't know what type of level they'll play because again, it's another year under the belt. Uh, you know, Tyron, I mean, he is a phenomenal player when he's healthy and it's said that he's in the best shape of his life. So I hope we'll just believe the big fella. Uh, and if he if he's able to sustain, um, I'm not concerned with him because he he's a, he's a smart. He's been in the league a long time. He knows what to do. Um, but those are the given things of being healthy. And uh, I, you know, another guy that I really think that's really going to have to have a big year that got injured last year is Blake Jarwin. I think that he can be a huge factor in this offense. Uh, I think that there's a lot of weapons. Um, I, I think that he is a, a guy that was, you know, the needle was pointing to really big things happening and he sustained the injury. I think he's a guy that's going to have to continue to elevate, continue to get better and progress. And I, I like him to, to have a really great sound tied in in the National Football League. And he showed that. I think he's going to be a, a big impact for this offense. Yeah, he does kind of feel like the forgotten man in a lot of ways. Like people, and and that's you know the Cowboys had so many people who were injured last year that there are so many to be excited about returning and being healthy. Um, but and I think a lot of it too was that Dalton Schultz played so well in his stead yeah. that that a lot of people were just kind of like, well, you know, the Cowboys kind of figured this out, so no big deal. Dalton's a better blocker than Blake Jarwin mm -hmm. is, and and that's an important you know component to being a tight end. Um, but but Jarwin is is an athlete, and I think you know serves as a different weapon in the passing game. I think the I think having both of them is is really the the more interesting overall wrinkle for me. Uh, last year we talked so much about how you know they should never play out of anything other than eleven personnel because of you know having drafted C.D. Lamb. But you know I'm, I'm not advocating for 12 personnel but if you have two tight ends that you can rely on and Dalton Schultz obviously puts you there I mean it gives you more options at least for Kellen Moore and, and that's certainly nice um so look at that Blake Jarwin getting a, a shot out on the 750 well yeah I, I I just think that if we looked and we did it in order I mean there's obviously the obvious players one Zeke and then I'm gonna go can we can we include coaches part of our you can. I mean, we didn't. We didn't. We didn't specify any rules, but you could put Mike well, McCarthy Dan, on there. Dan, Dan Quinn. Oh, okay. It, to me, is going to be the X factor. I am so. I am so uh, enticed on what this defense is going to look like with his type of philosophy, his uh, just presence, and how these guys react to him. And I know that he doesn't play the game, but 
it's if he creates a lot of playmakers and gives them opportunity. So uh, when I look at obviously the obvious on for me is on the defensive side of the ball is you know Leighton Vander Esch and Jalen Smith one and one A. Those guys have got to play better without a doubt. I mean the linebacker position. Uh, and then if I, I'll go ahead and go uh, my third player, I said this before, uh, and I'm kind of in between on which guy I'm going with, but I think mm. Trayvon Diggs has got to really, uh, he's got to catapult and really progress his second year. And then Neville Gallimore and Tristan Hill. I mean, those are two cats mm. right there and then throw in, I'm just going to keep going. Cause I'm on a roll. I'm going to go with Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory and then Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence has got the. I mean, I don't know. There's there's so yeah. many. There, I, I got I, I said I had like a, a like five, or I said ten before we started our show. But I mean, it's just there's a lot of guys that have to really step up, and that's maybe not a good thing. So, I mean, you're right. Um, <laughs> it's a numerous. Have, it's a multiple right. multiple choice of different cats that have to be, have better years. So. I want to talk about Trayvon last because he's the one I have the most thoughts on. Um, <laughs> but Demarcus Lawrence, of all of all the people we've talked about, on, at least on the defensive side of the ball, has has done it before. So, I mean, I, like kind of like you said, you're not worried about, you know, Lyle or Tyron. Mm -hmm. I'm not worried about Demarcus Lawrence. I trust mm -hmm. that, you know, the production will be there. Um, and so that's that's just kind of a taken care of thing in my mind. Randy Gregory. I maintain that what you're getting on the field with Randy at this point is just icing on the cake because his career has been so unique uh, and it's great to see him, you know, experiencing personal growth. And, and that's obviously the most important thing. And we're rooting for him in every sense. But um, I, I mean, I just don't know, like, it's so hard to really know what to expect because I mean, you know, Mike McCarthy said this a couple of weeks ago, this is like the first off season that he's been able to be around the team. You Isn't know, that crazy? Since, since his rookie well, is this year. Like his, is this like his 10th year in the league? Well, it's his six, <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. But like, it so, like it's been forever. So, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not trying to say like, I don't believe in Randy Gregory as a football player, but it, it's just, there's no precedent for this. There, there's no way, there's nobody you can look to and say, well, that person after this did that, whatever. Like, so I really view Randy as icing on the cake. And I think that that's fair. Like, and so whatever he pulls off is just, it's great. And I'm excited about that. I think Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore are an interesting spot. Um, just because Tristan, you know, Tristan gets bagged on. I, I've said this before. We've talked about it. I thought Tristan was playing really well or at least really well compared to his rookie season uh, last year before he got hurt. Neville Gallimore was put into some, I don't say compromising, but some some tough situations for a rookie. Uh, really started to kind of hold his own, though, down the stretch. So I think that that growth will be there. And certainly, I mean, that's necessary. I mean, this team has been so bad along the interior forever now. If they can get better, uh, I think Brent Urban will, will kind of help fortify that. They'll have a nice mix of dudes. Um, but you also mentioned Jalen Smith and Leighton Vanderish, And I don't, like, disagree with you that they need to be better. But I don't think them being good is, like, vital for the team's success. Because yeah, the, that's a good point. Because, because of who they, they have now. Yeah, they they yeah. hedge their bet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like not not just in Micah Parsons and Jabril Cox, but in Keanu Neal. And so, believe me, I don't want Jalen or Layton to play poorly. But if they do, they have options at least. Like that hasn't been the case before. And so, while it would be awesome if they played well, and if you know them playing well made things difficult for the coaching staff to kind of figure out who to use and whatnot, that would be a really good problem to have. But I don't know. But let's say this, RJ. Let's say we go back to their first two years in the league and they get that type of production. Right. 
I think that that's a valid point that, yeah, they they drafted Micah Parsons, and you mentioned Jabril Cox. They have these guys that they brought in. But think about if they – if for some reason or hopefully they start playing to that level where we're, everyone was like anointing these guys to the greatest linebacker tandem ever for the Cowboys. If one of those guys can revert back to that and just get some of that production, because I think they may – yeah, may, they may still be able to attain that. I mean, only both of them, because what you said, and maybe we've mentioned this when they drafted these guys, that maybe it's going to make them like, look, I better, I'm looking over my shoulder now, and I got to sure. play better. And those, and it, and look, I think you know, Leighton, his all his is predicated off injuries, right? I mean, he's been dinged up for the last two years, so I don't think if we can just get one of those guys to revert back to where they played early on in their careers and get that kind of production. That's, I mean, that's, that's creating a lot of buzz and creating a lot of playmaking uh, for this defense. Totally. And again, I'm not against that, right? Like I'm, I'm not like if, if the choice is they can play well or not play well, no times am I choosing them to not But, but let's, well. but let's just tap the brakes a little bit. Let's play this, this time. Look at it this way. The guys that, you know, Micah Parsons. Yeah. A lot of projections. They've got a lot of potential. He's still going to be a rookie, okay? Totally, that's fair. And so, so uh, as, as much as we want to just get so high on these guys, you still need the veteran leadership and guys that played the game. And so, I'm not going to say that. I, I think he's going to be a tremendous player. Right. I really do from day one. But we don't know that yet. No, what I. The trans, what's the transition going to be? So that's where you need these these guys, these veteran guys, to, as I mentioned, revert back the way they used to play. I agree with that. And I think that's what's so interesting about this discussion when it comes to linebackers specifically, because, you know, you're right that it's, it's so difficult to depend on, on a rookie anywhere. Right. But we're talking about this rookie linebacker, Mm -hmm. two of them, if you want to throw in Jabril Cox, but you know, the, the best version of Leighton Vandrish was a, was a rookie, right? Like that was, that was his best version. And so like, it's possible, but you know, it's, it's definitely not likely. Um, But so, yeah, I mean, I'm with you. Uh, The last one uh, for me, and you mentioned him was Trayvon Diggs. And Mm -hmm. I think I honestly he's the only defensive player I wrote about just because, you know, this team's offense is kind of their identity. But Trayvon right now, the most reliable defensive player on the Cowboys is Demarcus Lawrence. I know we've disagreed about him to different degrees in the past, but he's without question the best defensive player. There's no real like obvious number two. Right. Like if if you're if you're saying like, okay, we're ranking the Cowboys defense like best players to worst players. I don't know who the obvious number two is after Demarcus Lawrence. And maybe maybe if, you know, Micah Parsons plays well, it's him. But I think Trayvon Diggs is in that conversation. And the whole secondary is so not shaky, but the secondary is built on a lot of promise and a lot of projections and a lot of ideas. And so the only real point of stability it has is Trayvon Diggs. And if he can take that next step, I mean, that gives them a legitimate piece in the secondary, which is something they haven't had in a very long time. Yeah. I, and, and look, the, the, probably the best player we thought besides Demarcus Lawrence is not, not even on the team anymore. Alden Smith. And there's a guy last year that they brought in that hadn't played football in five years. So true. I, yeah, I, I, if, if it's if it's that easy to become number two, know, then Trayvon Diggs can certainly do it. Yeah, and so I think Donovan Wilson's a good is a guy that that had some promise at mm-hmm. the back end, and I think that if he continues to have this, you know, as I mentioned, the trajectory, he continues to improve and get better as he as he plays. I think that that's you know, it's very positive for for Dallas. 
Um, and so I think that that's, you know, for me, I, I, I look at this defense as a, it, to me, it's it, when you have a new defensive coordinator, you have someone that you really want to play for it. I mean, it happens. It just, you get that year of just, just new energy and just new uh, bravado and everything that goes along with that. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden things start playing. And so it, the, it's, it's not as predictable and you really don't know uh, what's going to happen. I think that's, you know, the thing that's exciting going the season, but in saying that um, it's, I mean, it's anyone's pick because in a way that we're so bad last year. Right. And now I think it, I think that Micah Parsons could have a chance to be uh, the best player on this defense this year mm-hmm. based on what we saw last year. But I think, as you mentioned, Demarcus Lawrence, that's where it really it, it still starts. The guy, this is his defense. He is, has to really ingrain that. And whoever has that role, and I don't care if it's Micah Parsons, if he's a rookie or whenever Men Leighton Vanders, as you mentioned, was a rookie, you don't really – is a, a veteran team or is a, is a defense in a huddle, a guy in a puddle, it's hard to, like, look at a rookie and, like, think that's the leader of our, our defense. But sometimes you get that command. So I think, again, as you mentioned, Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs and then Donovan Wilson and, you know, guys that have to evolve. I mean, it's, it would be great to be on this defense. It doesn't matter. We can go out there and grab it myself. I don't care who you are. That's what these, and that's the competition that what this should be is that I need to go, I need to go and grab a hold of this. Right. I got to be the dude, the, the bell cow. And to me, if a defensive player, man, that's what I like because we're looking for those dudes. It, it really feels to me, um, not trying to brag, Tony, but my golf game has been getting better as of late. Uh, no big deal. Um, but something that's that's been a really weak point in my game is I'm big slicer like many right handers are um and you know what that's like you know you know how sometimes the slice is so bad you gotta like you gotta close it. that face down you gotta right. square yeah. it up on it well you know what I've been doing lately I've been uh, I've been I've been flaring my left foot out and that's really been helping a lot uh, oh, yeah clearing the hips right but uh yeah. but you know like and you know my short game has been all right and so like but but if you're if you're out of the fairway like that you're just you're, you're you're playing from behind the whole hole you know what i mean like you could have the best short game of the world whatever but like if you're not in the fairway life is difficult and so to me what this defense feels like is back when my slice was really bad and i was losing like 50 70 yards off my drives because of how bad the slice was it was like one of those holes where the wind is just howling from right to left cuz like mm-hmm. you can hit this as hard as you want don't worry about the slice because this wind's going to knock it back into the fairway. You know what I mean? And that's kind of right. how it is. Like this is, this is open. Like just whoever wants to come, like you don't, you don't even have to be great. Like if you're just really good or kind of good, you're probably the second best player on this defense at this point. And uh, so maybe that's Trayvon Diggs. Maybe it's Micah Parsons. You can make an argument that Micah Parsons needs to have a big season. Uh, I know we didn't put him on the list, but I mean, the Cowboys do have a lot of options at linebacker, which kind of mitigates that for me. Uh, but yeah, so overall, pretty good discussion. And uh, th- my slice is, is going away, which is the most important thing, obviously. Well, I, I know this as much as I played golf and the longevity I played. All I know, you drive for show, you putt for dough. Believe me. So uh, we're just hoping this team on defense, look, we're not expecting you to make the 30 footers and the percentage of you making them is like really small. Right. But when you got those six footers you got to make where it's in sight and you got to play with consistency to be good. Those are the ones you got to make to win. See, I agree with you 100%, but this is like, that's a little bit too lofty of a goal in my mind. Like for me, <laughs> every time, 
it's two putt everything. You know what I mean? Like that's all this defense has to do. If you're two putting everything, you're going to be okay. You know, that's you're playing bogey golf. And at this point, if this defense is, is, you know, so to speak, playing bogey golf, that's enough for this offense to carry it overall. I don't think so. I'm, I'm going to go with, look, you got to, I want them to shoot like maybe one or two over par. Or oh my par. gosh. Wow. I mean, I, I mean, maybe that's, <laughs> a, but I'm just saying if you're on the PGA tour, you should be able to speak. You should be able to shoot even par. Okay. All if right. You're so you're holding them defense, to a higher standard. That's fair. Well, compared to last year. I mean, what, let's just look at what they've, how bad they were last year. Last year they were shooting like, triple digits. That's what I'm saying. But I mean, we got to play at least par golf. Mm, at least okay. get to that point. You can, I think you're to play par golf in the National Football League uh, defensively. You're probably going to be ranked in the top fifteen or top, maybe close to you know maybe the tens. You know, hover around number ten or twelve. Ten to fifteen, that'll, right in there. Yeah, yeah. that 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 that's that, par golf. That early second ten, right? That's fair. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's that'll get you. That that'll win some games. Okay. Well, nah, that's well said. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Tony, glad you're back. Glad Mexico is great. Everything. Glad everybody uh, listened. Thanks to all of you for listening. Uh, June continues to roll on. Tony, stay cool. It is very hot outside. We went from all the rain to all the heat. Texas is pissed off. Uh, so uh, hopefully uh, things start to cool off uh, sooner rather than later. Everybody will be back next week. We love you all. This was the 750. 